0: All right, final hour of The Rush. Teddy Lehman here, Travis Davidson, uh, Pierce back there on the board, hearing phantom beeps, getting worried about it. He's worried about lightning hitting the studio and frying him back there with all the electronics. The dude's nervous, okay? Look, hold on. He's a
1: warrior, hold though. He's standing in there.
2: Let's let's not get it twisted. I was just relaying the fact that News 9 has sent out an advisory to stay away from electrical appliances. Okay. And I'm surrounded. Cur- Did you hear that? I heard it. See, it's not a phantom beep. I heard that. I don't know what it is. You know what
0: I think that sounded like? It sounded to me like maybe the National Weather Service has kicked in and maybe that's going out over the air right now where they Uh do like the warning because I don't know that we can hear it in here, but I think they can hear it. The listeners can? The listeners can hear it. Because oh. that's what that kind of sounded
2: like to me. Man, I'm not 100% sure. That's been sure. confusing me this whole time, too. But I,
0: I did hear it. Okay, so it's not a phantom beep. There is something going on back there. But you were nervous for, with the with the lightning. And I'm not saying it's not rightfully so. But you were scared. You were worried. You wanted me to actually go in there and you wanted to be in here. Is this
2: and, because I called you not tough enough yesterday? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, Sounds which, good. by the way, I was, uh, I was quietly celebrating when I didn't see... You know, I didn't see. Man, Vanderbilt I fell to my knees, across. man. I was in shambles, man. <laughs> uh, which we haven't talked about that in a little bit. Let's get back into the schedule. Uh, so Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee at home. You know, what's interesting about that is there's been the rumor for quite a while. And I don't know where it's come from. We've had I've seen it come across the text line. I've seen it on Twitter that our opening SEC game. Is South Carolina?
1: I told that to Tyler, and I think that's where Tyler got it after one of our shows that we did. That well, I've, seen, I've seen it
0: online too. Well, somebody
1: had somebody had shot it to me, and they're like, "Hey, South Carolina first game." But that was the nine game idea, right? Like that was when everybody thought nine game, nine game makes sense, nine game. And then we we're like, "Okay, is it going to be three? You know, three rivals? Is it going to be you know six, three, one, eight, one, seven, blah, blah, blah?" Um, but Man, it's got to be Bama, right? I don't know. Will you be disappointed if it's not Bama?
0: Maybe. I. I don't. It just kind of depends on what the whole thing looks like, um, what type of thing, what, what type of team I think we're going to have. Because um, right now, I would like to have. Like, I think it's better to see Bama early. Agreed. S- especially, you know, you got if if Jackson Arnold's going to be your quarterback and. You know, they're not sure necessarily how you're going to use him. You're going to build some things around his strengths. I mean, you don't want to show Alabama everything you've got before you play him, right? So I think it'd be nice to have them early. But, you know, it just got me thinking, we are playing South Carolina at home. Is, is that, you know, is that what they – is it true? We're I don't know. We're basing that on, yeah. But, you know, the thing is like, We've talked about this, but typically they they get the new team started with a bang, hosting a huge game right out of the gate, kind of announced to the rest of the country. Like, if people don't remember or haven't heard, oh, yeah, Oklahoma's now in the SEC. They're hosting Alabama to kick off the SEC conference slate, second game of the year, right? And it's going to be game day or whatever. You know, whatever happens with that. But that's typically what you've seen. I think – I'm trying to remember – Tyler knows all this crap off the top of his head. Right. You may. But AM had a big game early in the year whenever they first went into the SEC. Um, I think because Georgia hasn't been to College Station, so that's it wasn't Georgia. I don't remember who it was, but they had a big one. I think Missouri had a big one. So Wasn't it Florida? Maybe. I don't I don't know. But that's what I think it is. Because you're going to have like USC, UCLA, like you want, you want to try and grab as much attention as you can. So I would think that it would be Oklahoma, Alabama early, but I don't know that for sure. And I just, I know that whenever I saw South Carolina at home, I thought, okay, well, that rumor had to come from somewhere, right? You know, like I guess maybe it didn't. People make stuff up all the time, especially when it comes to sports, but. You know, as many people were talking, and then I see it come across that we're playing South Carolina at home, it got me thinking, like, okay, well, maybe our SEC opener is South Carolina.
1: Right. I think I would I would be disappointed if South Carolina was our opener. But keep in mind, they just told us who was going to be at home and who's going to be away. You know, what, what if the 2023 season we see Beamer just, you know, go nuts? Rattler has a big year, you know – Beamer coaches him up. He's he's been improving. So I think South Carolina is a team on the rise. I think you and I would agree with that. I think Tennessee is too. Obviously they they really got on the rise last year beating Bama at home in that crazy game. But I mean, what if Tennessee takes a step back? Maybe somebody, you know, maybe some of the league figures out Tennessee's offense this year maybe a little bit, maybe their defense, you know, isn't up to snuff, and maybe South Carolina goes and wins 11 games this year. Now, is it more about brand or is it more about because I, I think the Tennessee brand is bigger than the South Carolina brand. I'm not sure anybody would argue that. But if South Carolina goes up and tosses up 11 wins and is projected to be a better team in 2024 than Tennessee, do you think that matters at all, or do you think it matters way more about brand?
0: It's hard to say. I think it's I think it's probably more about brand. But, you know, you do project a little bit off of, you know, what just happened the season. Um, that finished up, and what do they project to be going into this year? I I would say, like, a lot of it, it, a lot of the hype would be built around, like, what your preseason rankings are. Like, if it's going to be the second game of the year, right. like, if, if South Carolina happened to be a preseason top ten, then I don't think anyone's going to be complaining about th- them as an SEC opener. Right, because,
1: like, so. like, Florida's got a really good brand, and I think a lot of OU fans would be excited to host Florida. Yeah. But but they just, they stink right now. That's why a lot of people would be excited to host them. Exactly. You got great a big, brand.
0: Great brand. Uh, Pride Travel, big fan base. Stinky football team. Yeah. It's the perfect opponent.
1: It's exactly what we want. That's how a lot of people have been uh, getting and fat off Texas lately. Big brand and, you know, uh, yeah, not going to win. It's
0: still, it's still interesting. Like, like, Florida has a big brand. And... You see, I, I don't know, Florida loses to I don't I don't know. I'm, doesn't really matter. You still look at it as hey, they beat Florida last year. Like you have to like kind of catch yourself <laughs> and be like
1: Wait a minute, everybody did.
0: <laughs> it's been a really long time since Florida's been consistently a good football team, which is shocking. Yeah, and I agree. And is a bit of a warning for Oklahoma and Texas that you can be a big program that has won national championships under multiple coaches. You are in one of, if not the best state in the country, whenever it comes to athletes and recruiting, and it doesn't take much at all for things to fall apart and you can't piece it back together. It, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to happen, man. You you gotta make a really good you gotta make the right hire. You gotta have the fan base agree with the hire. You've gotta have donors backing you. You gotta develop players. I mean, it it, it doesn't take much for things to go horribly wrong in the SEC. I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee has a huge fan base. An incredible brand. Is it the biggest stadium in college football? One of, if it's not. Just a beautiful campus. A ton of money back in their program. And they have been wallowing around in the mud and the muck and mediocrity for 25 years. And they just now have, you know, sniffed success and they didn't even make the sec championship game
1: right and that worries me slightly about just specifically to tennessee is it almost reminds me about uh, like when rex ryan's jets finally beat the patriots and they just couldn't get over the hump couldn't get over there they finally beat them and then they got beat the next week like it was (laughs) like because it was just like the emotion the emotion that came from beating bama like, I almost feel like, oh, all right, we made it. You know, like, that was the climb. Like, that was the mountaintop, was beating Bama at home.
0: I, I hope, for Josh Heupel's sake, that last year was not a fluke. Because the worst thing that can happen is to tease a fan base that has sucked for 25 years, have the season they had last year, and then fall back into mediocrity. That's gonna be an angry group of people. It's
1: basically the anti Oklahoma, right? Because for these twenty five years, we've been great and we had one year of mediocrity, right? So it's basically flipped yeah. on it flipped on its head, basically. Yeah, no kidding. So no, but I, I, I do like yeah, that, but, but they're cautionary tales to your point. Tennessee, Florida, I mean, these are well funded. They've they've got national championships. You know, they're in, you know, the Southeast. You know, you can recruit Specific Florida obviously can recruit the the most per capita of five stars in the country. Um, obviously Miami, Florida State, Georgia, Alabama. A lot of people recruit Florida. Oklahoma recruits Florida, but um, but yeah, I mean you can you can have all those things working for you, and if you get the if you get the hire wrong or your culture is wrong, then you're it's going to take you a long time to get back. And th- and that's the problem is it's not. I think LSU for the most part. To me, just, just based on what we've seen from, like, Les Miles and Ed O, like, you had a couple buffoons win national titles at LSU just because it seems like you're, no they're matter who talented, you want from man. the state of Louisiana, they're going to go to LSU no matter what.
0: They are talented. Um, right. they, that's why it's scary with Brian Kelly there, who I think the consistency is going to be way better, and I – they got a quarterback. Last time they had a quarterback, they destroyed everyone. Right? Because everything else is always there. Hey, right? Texas
1: fans say, "Hey, they didn't destroy us." But I think what Texas win seven games that year or something like that. But yeah, they hung Texas the Texas
0: ba- is the best in the world at hanging close with. They hung with the banner for.
1: Uh, they hung the banner for making it close against twenty nineteen LSU.
0: But yeah, it, it doesn't. It it point is, it doesn't take a whole lot to go wrong, and. Uh, if Tennessee if Josh hypo goes six and six this year instead of the goal post they'll be carrying him out of the stadium and throwing him in the river so um that's the uh that's what you're up against but hey uh that's what's gonna make it so much fun you know so I'm glad we got the buffer year got to continue to get the roster better um are we a hundred percent sure because doesn't Dylan Gabriel have another year of eligibility after yes, this? Yes, he does.
1: When so, he got to Oklahoma, he had three years left. So, what's so, our Theoretically. Theory,
0: yeah, what do we say in there? It, you know, he was, you know, it was a decision, or at least he made it sound like it was a decision that he kind of held on to for an announcement after a while to come back for this year. is there? Is Is there a situation in which he stays at Oklahoma?
1: I think there is a situation. I mean, if he just has an average year, then he'll be – I mean, average to his averages, not average to the the college football world, but average to what he's done production-wise. He'll be, at the end of the season, number five all-time in passing yards in college football. And with that, it's like, okay, do you want to stick around and try and climb that ladder a bit? Do you? I mean, with the pro prospects, I don't think he's – I don't think we're looking at, you know, depending on what his season is this year, at like a first-round – type pick um he could stay around when I first when he first got to town I mean I was talking to his agent and he's like yeah he's got three years here and like but that that was early I mean that was right away so yeah he could he could certainly be here but I uh I'm under the impression that that Jackson will be starting next year and that Dylan why I, I think I think Dylan doesn't have a ton left to prove as far as his game. I think if he I think if there's a time to go to the NFL, I think it is your last year in the Big 12 putting up big time numbers against a nice easy schedule, manageable schedule. I don't want, I want to stop saying easy cuz we got we're 6 and 7 last year. So, right. a manageable schedule, you have your last year in college football, you probably have your best statistical year in college football, you prove you can stay healthy for an entire year and then go off to the NFL. And and start that chapter of your life, I think you run a little bit of a risk if you have a big year this year and then you come back, you got to deal with quarterback controversy that will only be hotter if he does come back. And then, okay, well, now you're into the throes of the SEC. Now, what does your last year in college football look like? You know, you kind of leave a lot of that, you know, at risk. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I you, think it's interesting. How about this?
1: Tell us what you think on the other side. We got to take a quick break, or okay. we'll get behind. So, yeah. tell us what you think on the on on the other side. Keep stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back. The final hour rolls on on the rush. We've got Pearson Studio on the ones and twos, playing some police. We got Teddy. Is it
0: the police? No, I'm thinking of someone else. Never mind. Then,
1: then we're uh, we got a little air air base.
0: Was that? Well, yeah. Because I was thinking whenever it came on, I was thinking, is it the police that has the real good uh, bass guitarist? But that's not who I was thinking of.
1: Okay. I was thinking of someone else. Okay. All right. Well, good. Good. We've updated that. Uh, Teddy was not thinking. Who's
0: your favorite bass guitarist?
1: Probably Flea. Oh yeah. I mean bit. I I saw it when they came to uh, Tulsa and yeah, what a show. What a show. But when, when uh, was
0: that? Was that recently? Pretty recently. Cuz they just yeah. put out a new album, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't think it was I don't think it was that show. But we do
0: Anthony Keta sa- still sounds really good. He looks weird. He looks like a young old guy somehow
1: yeah like, i think looked, a lot of rock stars got to look like that he right looks Where it's like
0: old but there there's he still kind of looks young well i think as the well. the
1: movement the dancing all that kind of stuff maybe keeps the body looking a little bit yeah, younger while the face it. you know the face you know you can't hide it that long in the hands you can't hide it that long but yeah. enough about bassist i suppose we do have true sooner on the line i believe what's up true hey,
3: man you got, you guys are right seeing is in the police he's a great bass player Incredible, and then you got, and then you got Geddy Lee from Rush.
0: Geddy Lee's amazing. Know? Did you know that Flea plays Flea. bass on Alanis Morissette uh, that jagged little pill, her like her her huge um, album? Hmm. He was that the was studio bassist on on that album, or at least hmm. for a, a handful he's, of the songs. I didn't know that. He's he's definitely a. And wh- big whenever guy I first him. heard it, like someone had pointed it out. And then they, like, isolated the bass tracks on some of those songs. Oh, yeah.
1: And it made sense. It's
0: like the bass line in Atlantis set is, like, incredible. And you can barely <laughs> hear it until you've, like, had it isolated and you know it's there. It's like, it's like wow. You
3: should hear, you should hear the isolated bass that Steve Harris
0: of Iron Maiden plays. Oh, I love I Iron mean, Maiden. You know what? I've yeah. been a metalhead pretty much my entire life, but for some reason never got into Iron Maiden. My oh, neighbor's God. huge into Iron Maiden. He, they brew their own beer, or someone brews beer, right. and it's Iron Maiden. They do. He gave me yeah. some. I was like, I need to finally kind of go down the Iron Maiden road. They I, are incredible live. I've never seen I, it. I've just watched some of the videos.
1: Well, I thought you, I thought you were saying, oh, Iron Maiden, my, my neighbor— loves Iron Maiden, yeah. and they brew their own beer, as in your neighbor brews his own beer. I was like, oh, no, bro, invi- no come on, man, get an invite. We're going to go listen to Iron Maiden and drink some homebrew. <laughs> What's up, man? First time I saw
3: Iron Maiden, they, they they played at the Lloyd Noble. They opened up for
1: 38 Special in
3: 1982. Wow.
1: The first- <laughs> opened was for 38 in-
0: Special. Boy, well, that thing kind of flipped, didn't it? That's crazy. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Right? They were at yeah, the Beats yeah. and Bites, I think, weren't they? Nice.
3: All right, what do you got 30, for us? Were- Sorry we uh, diverted okay, you. Man- that's all right. That's all right. I got a question for you, Katie, mostly. Um, I mean, I've heard a couple of OU, XOU players today. I heard Dusty Dvorak last night. I'm sure you, you heard him also kind of saying that Oklahoma fans are going to be upset at the schedule, which I totally disagree. I mean, I, I get it. I just think times are different now. Um, you're going to have two or three losses in these super conferences. You're going to have, you know, you, you've got 12 teams that can get into the playoffs now. It's just the way of the world. But I also heard Kel Gundy say something earlier today and I was gonna ask you about this. I've always thought that it would be a advantage um, to be in the Southeast Conference as far as recruiting because I'm sure that there's a lot of negative recruiting that's gone on and you know, you don't wanna play defensive tackle at Oklahoma, you don't want to play a linebacker at Oklahoma because you're not gonna make it to to the NFL. But he said and this was kinda of weird, I never heard this, he said that there's a lot of players like in the Florida area that don't wanna stay in the SEC, so he, he thinks that it's really going to hurt OU um, because OU would get those players because they want out of the That It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's going to be more advantages in recruiting to the SEC than disadvantages.
0: Well, I will take Kel Gundy's word for it. He's one of right, the best recruiters right. ever. I You know, I don't – I'm sure there's some kids that want out of the SEC footprint. But, like, what percentage is that of the Florida kids? I'm sure there's also a huge amount of them that want to play in the SEC. So, I don't know. I think overall it's 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 going to help Oklahoma get in on better players. You're right. We have been negative recruited for a long time. Every SEC coaching staff that's talking to a top defensive lineman that maybe – thinks Oklahoma's a good place to go, they're all going to say, you can't go to the Big 12. Look at this list. You know They all got the graphics. Look at this. Look at the amount of first-round defensive linemen or NFL draft pick defensive linemen out of the SEC compared to the Big 12. You don't want to go to the Big 12. I mean, so... They they can't use that against us anymore, right? We can show that same graphic now. So... I think there's going to be an edge, uh, a boost in going to the SEC for recruiting, but I'm open-minded. Like I said, Kale Gundy knows a hell of a lot more about it than I do. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll just have to wait and see how it goes. You know, Coach Venable's last night said, you know, I think maybe it was was Gabe asked how this is going to help in recruiting, and Coach Venable's laughed as like. You think we won't be showing that schedule at the Champion Barbecue? Then we're going to put it up on the on the uh, the jumbotron? Look at who you're going to be playing. You're going to have Alabama coming to town. You're going to have Tennessee coming to town. South Carolina. You get to go play uh, in the swamp. You, you know, like all of these different places. So, I, I, am in the camp that thinks it's going to be a benefit, but
3: well, time that, will tell. And the fact that they had a top five class last year after a six and seven season, this this stuff on missing on these big time defensive tackles, this is going to be this is going to cure itself with a ten and three record. I gotta believe. Um, Yeah. But
0: But there's going to be some headwinds now. The so the recruiting class, the following year is typically the most affected by. uh, Okay. Like so, your six and seven record. Most of the kids have already committed. And right. made their decision before you go six and seven. So that class isn't nearly as affected. But the kids that are going in next year, like everyone right now that we're trying to commit, get to commit at the U barbecue, they're, they're probably still somewhat questionable on is, is Venables going to work here? What's Oklahoma going to look like in the SEC? Oh. You know, so like it's a, it's a hangover effect really, but they're still in a really good position on a bunch of guys. We'll see if they land them.
3: Well, you, you know everybody that, that goes in and, and recruits against Mendenhall is saying he's short he's short time here. I mean he's short lived here, you know. So you know that's happening
0: too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's that's just how you
3: yeah. Exactly. That's
0: how it works. You try and you try and you know plant the seed in everyone's mind that all of college football is uh you know they're it's unstable. This coaching staff, right. that coaching staff, well, they're on the hot seat. Well, I heard that Sabin's going to retire. Well, I heard right. that Lincoln Riley's going to jump to the NFL. I heard that Ryan Day, uh, you know, wants to take that Bears job. So you're always trying to create right. all of this instability, and I'm sure we do that too.
3: Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: appreciate it, true. Well, and what's also, uh, you know, when it comes to that, it's not only – and maybe this is unfortunate, but not only are there other, you know, coaches saying, "Hey, Lincoln Riley going to the NFL." Hey, Ryan Day maybe wants that Bears job. You know who also leaks that out? Their agents. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like not only are you having to make sure you know you bat away the negative recruiting. It it be your own people, Teddy. It be hey, you better pay Ryan Day a little bit more. That Bears job comes open, he's gone. You know what I mean? So you get it from both sides, but to your point, there will always be negative recruiting, and it, it is anything. It's, oh, Bama? You, you get it all the time. You What, you want to wait and sit there for three years while you wait yeah. for your turn? They got too much talent, which I've always thought is the dumbest thing because you're basically telling a recruit he's not good enough to play, so come play at a crappier place where you'll actually see the field. That never really works out. But, um, no, as far as, like, I, I think OU fans have to understand this. Going to the SEC is a positive thing. It is going to improve every sport. It is going to improve recruiting. It is going to bring a lot more revenue. It's going to help the city of Norman. It's going to help the state of Oklahoma. It's going to provide a great fan experience both at home and give us quality road games. But, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like, these games are going to be really hard. So, like, you can't sit there last night and say, oh, man, second-guessing this. I think we might want to stay in the Big 12 a little bit longer. That's a big, scary schedule. Yeah, it is. It's got a lot of good teams on it. You know, it got a lot of good teams on it because that's why they lead all the NFL draft picks. That's why they lead the national championships. That's well, why they lead all that. That's why the money's there.
0: I didn't hear um, Dusty say that the OU fans are going to be upset with the schedule. Um, is that because of how, how difficult it looks?
1: I think it might. With I, Bam, I, I LSU, didn't. Tennessee? I didn't hear it either, but I think it might have to do with Texas' schedule was easy.
0: So oh, maybe it was yeah. in
1: comparison to that. You've got two new people coming in. One got clearly the more difficult schedule. One got clearly the easier schedule. Well, that it, would be the only way that yeah. I could see OU fans might be a little a little upset. But it all it's got to come out in the wash. Just go play the games.
0: That's what I say. What the hell do I care about Texas's schedule? I don't at all. That's let Texas and Texas A and M bicker over stupid things about who's got the home game and. Who's got the more difficult schedule and like those two, uh, it's like watching my wife watches real housewives. Oh no. And every time I walk into the room, it's just, it's all beeped out. There's ladies like screaming at each other. Sounds like the control room. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. That's Texas and Texas A&M finding a bunch of stupid things to argue about and find reasons not to play one another. I don't care about that. I, I guess I can understand theoretically someone saying it's unfair that we got this schedule and Texas got that schedule. But if you look at the SEC release on how they you know developed and and build the schedule, it was about what was a winning percentage stuff like that. Texas has sucked for a long time. Oklahoma's been good for a long time. You're going to get the more difficult schedule,
1: right? And that's fine. You so, didn't go to the SEC for an easy schedule. And guess what? All the, all the tough parts of the schedule, Alabama, we're all stoked for that game. At LSU, we're all stoked for that game. Yeah, the teams are really good, but, man, those are going to be awesome games. But we will talk more schedule on the other side. The final hour rolls on. Stay tuned. All right, we are back. Final hour. Rolls on, Travis Davidson here. Teddy Lehman, back in studio on the ones and twos. We've got Pierce uh, as we as we listen to a little men at work. So um, yeah, talking about actually, I, I kind of want to touch on this a little bit, like the SEC right? Like, we during the break we we talked about it a little bit. Five different teams since OU has won their last national championship, which we all know, two thousand. Five different SEC teams have won a national championship. That's LSU, Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama. Some, actually, most Ever have won,
0: but Auburn's m- won multiple.
1: Yeah, multiple. So, uh, miss me with the oh man, OU. You know, this is for competitive reasons, whatnot. Like it's. You know, gone are the days of dominance. Sure, gone are the days of winning six straight, you know, conference titles and this, that, and the other. But not – gone like, the days of competing for national championships, baby, they're getting a shot in the arm, if you ask me. What do you think, Ted?
0: Well, yeah. Here's the thing. And I actually had this conversation with a, a coach at the University of Oklahoma one time. In, in this is before Venables took over the job, there, there becomes a, a point of diminishing return. So if you win the Big 12, that's awesome. If you win the Big 12 two times, that's amazing. If you win it six times in a row... But you don't win a national championship or a playoff game. Well, it's proven to be worthless to win the conference, right? So, right, we stacked a bunch of Big Twelve conference championships, and I'm not saying those are worthless. I think they're. I think it's impressive. I think the the run of dominance that we had in the in the conference was, or is, uh, something to be proud of. But on a national level and recruiting-wise, it, it doesn't hold nearly as much weight if you win something pretty much every year and it doesn't translate into like an overall championship, right? It's like, look how many conference championships we've won. Well, yeah, coach, but you haven't won a playoff game yet. So, that's what I was saying. Is like there's We're close. there's a point of diminishing return. So, like whenever you go to the SEC and you you win a conference championship one year, I I don't know. Does that make sense? Like sometimes, like to totally dominate something can end up maybe working against you.
1: Right, I, I agree with that, and you know I. I'll put it this way. When you're in the Big 12, sure, win them. It's a lot better than what Texas has been doing and hasn't won one since 2009, but... You got to win the last one, to your, right? You, you got to win man. the last one. You have to. So, and like I said, spike it
0: off of the platform in Jerry's world. Whenever you're done with it, just throw it. Like, you know how Tom Brady threw the Super Bowl thing. You just the throw it, but you don't worry about anyone catching. it. We all
1: go out to Lake Hefner and uh, have a little yeah. have a little boat parade and, and toss it around a little bit. But no, I I agree. Um, you we, know. No, here's what we do. Okay,
0: we win the Big Twelve. We keep the trophy, and then in the first SEC game, whenever they, whoever it is, scores their first touchdown and they kick the extra point, instead of the football, we we take throw the it out the north end zone trophy up and then throw it over the wow. North end zone. We
1: we would have to have many people security clearing out, you know, that area below.
0: That's all we can work all that out. Yeah, uh,
1: details details
0: you're getting caught up in the minutiae
1: yeah 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 yeah. well i'm you know i'm gonna you're an idea guy (laughs) you thrive on enthusiasm you know i I gotta work the details out on this That's um no i think uh i think that's a great idea but but yeah uh you know from the 405 so just like gonzaga did with the wcc you know in basketball it it, that's what it became it was you know you were always the, the best team in a bad conference well what does that get you you know, yeah. if your goal is to win national championships, it did always crack me up, though, when Texas fans are like, ha-ha, look at you guys. Nobody cares about Big 12 championships. Uh, we care about national championships at Texas. I'm like, I mean, it's easier to make it to a national championship if you win your conference in the playoffs. Did they air. really say that? Oh, yeah. They say, we, we care about national championships. I'm like, okay, well, we have more than those two. But oh,
0: man, you know what's a kind of a funny thing on Twitter? There, m- most there's things. This, there's this dude from Texas A&M. And he works at one of the one of their I don't know if it's a magazine or a recruiting site or what it is but he he I the the links he goes to to make these excuses about for for Texas A&M whether it's against Texas whether it's in the SEC it's incredible it's to it's got to be Billy lucci Texas A&M I think fans.
1: that is it's got to be yeah Tex-ags.
2: I hate Texas a m fans, dude. I have to live with so many back home. I'm tired of it, man. They are delusional. Uh, yeah,
1: it's he, it's he, Billy he's Lucci. Like, he's
0: like
2: the entire fan
0: base, like personified into one person. It's it's funny. I don't know. I don't know if I follow him. I don't know what's happened, but I him getting trolled by Texas fans. It's constantly shows up in my timeline for some reason. I have no idea why, but it does. It's pretty funny.
2: The amount of times that I've had a Texas AM m fan come up to me and tell me that even though they're like fifth in the SEC, they would smoke OU. I don't care.
1: They'd they'd run the, no. They, well, they'd run the. They can't smoke Appalachian State at home. So let's let's. But they'd call run the table down. in the Big Twelve. Well, apparently. that's what we've heard from every SEC team. I guess A and M forgets when they were in the Big Twelve, they weren't running it. So um, all the people that are like, oh Big Twelve, we'd run through that too. Really.
0: It's been great for the last decade until it was announced that OU and Texas were coming to the SEC, and they all went, damn it, we can't say that anymore.
1: So uh, so Kyle Umlang, who's a Texas guy, uh, big he's hes basically the Blinkin' Riley of Texas, and uh, he, he updated the Jimbo Fisher trophy case, um, <laughs> and it's got trophies that are labeled Beat Bama in 2021, It's got the cup that they made for their 74 72 win over LSU. Nice. They've got the trophy for the number one recruiting class in 2022. Awesome. They got a trophy of a cow that says first game versus TU at Kyle Field because they get that. Oh, that's right. They've got Jimbo's fake national championship trophy that doesn't have a date on it. Um, They have a plaque uh, for uh, the national championship megacast featuring Georgia versus Alabama. The film room was with Jimbo Fisher, so they got a trophy for that. <laughs> and the whole trophy case is just filled with cash. So um, he put that together, and I'm like, it that's exactly what AM is. That's it's perfect. Amazing. But we got to hit a break. Uh, we will wrap up the rush next. All right. Here we go. Last segment of the day of this SEC Schedule Thursday. It's not SEC schedule release. Wednesday that was yesterday we now have the SEC schedule so um you know with with that you had talked a little bit on air about dipping your toe not dipping your toe you know you kind of want to you know ease into it and maybe I think on air you talked about maybe not wanting to go to a night game at LSU have you changed your thought process on that
0: Um, I don't know. It's my, uh, experience is totally different from the fans. I'll be up in a press box. I'll be, uh, most likely away from the beer throwing fans and you know, the, if you can
1: catch, you know, you might, might score free beer, those concession prices
0: for the most part, be away from the nastiness, travel with the team. Um, but I'm excited about it. I don't no. care. I throw your worst environment at me. What what's the worst that can happen? All right? We we get beat. We're not going to lose by more than we lost in 2019, <laughs> I can assure you. God, well, I maybe hope I not. shouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah,
1: don't say that.
0: But I okay. So you're going into a a tough place to play at at night against a, a good football team. Is it the first time Oklahoma's played on the road in a hostile environment? No, right. I I think
1: won't be the last.
0: Frankly, if if you look at it, a lot of times we've played our best football whenever you know we're we're not picked to win or it's supposed to be an environment that is going to be difficult for us to play in. That's whenever I think we have. Uh, you know, a lot of times risen to the occasion. But like I said yesterday, it's almost like we've been asleep at the wheel for a while in the big 12, you know? And I think having, uh, having people doubt us, you know, I'm sure we'll be picked to finish like eighth in the, in the sec our first year. And, you know, we're not going to be a favorite. I, we can count, on like one hand the times over the past decade in the Big 12 well maybe we can count with a big zero the amount of times we've been an underdog in the Big 12 right, right. that's not going to be the case anymore i think that that's i think that's that's good i think that's good for our program to have a little bit of a reset and hopefully i think it will uh, a lot of fire under uh, everyone involved with it
1: I agree. I agree. Got to be at your best all the time. It's uh, you know, in restaurants, you always make the mistakes when it's slow and the pressure's not on. Oh, I forgot to ring that in. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I went outside. No, it's uh, you never make the mistakes when you're busy. When you're dialed We're in, in when you're locked in. We're in the weeds now. Yeah, in the, in the weeds. Hey, We're look at this. Weeds. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Old restaurant Ted. Um, I've
0: seen uh, what's it called? Waiting. Waiting. Oh, oh.
1: what a movie! That should be required viewing for everybody. You know,
0: I. Oh, me, I'll just say this. That movie came out probably when, like when I was in college. Yeah, and since watching that movie, I have never, no matter how bad it screwed up, sent an order back into the kitchen.
1: Hey, never. Hey, did, did hey, did, uh, all my places we treated it with with care and grace, but can't promise that for everybody. I will <laughs> say one 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 problem I'm gonna have, Teddy, and and I know that I'm gonna have this in the SEC, is. Man, I like a good sing-along. And when Colin Baton Rouge comes on, or when Dixieland Delight comes on, it's going to be hard for me to stand there and not sing along. There's something about 80,000 people all singing the same song and a good song. I mean, I love me some do, Colin Baton Rouge.
0: Now, that's an interesting thing you said. Because
1: are you allowed to sing along as the that's opposing fan know. base? I'm not going to be able to stop myself. So,
0: What do you think, Pierce? Is it? Frowned upon to sing along with the home team's whatever their song is? Yes. Really? I think so. Just new
2: flat out. Out. I'm
1: sorry, man. You can't be supporting that. That's not even really supporting the team necessarily. That's just, hey, we're all out at the same bar. Nope. There happens to be a football game being played in the middle if of you it. Were,
2: if you were You're telling like, me if, if, if you're at Wisconsin, you can't jump around? Nope. I don't think so. If you're at like a bar after the game or before the game, that's cool. But during the game, you need to be focusing your entire attention towards helping OU. Well, I well, think th- you're does right. it? I mean, see. I'm just more of a fan than you guys. I guess. No, I think you're right. <laughs> but Probably. I still think that that sucks. I think no, I right, agree.
1: We're also the ones when sing- you're playing music. We're like air guitar and air drum and like like we 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 catch no, the vibe. That. You know what I mean? I
2: would love to sing Dixieland delight.
1: No, he's in there just square, just sitting there. But did
2: you just watch me? <laughs> Come on now, you see have advantage. Can't attention. prove
1: it. Can't prove it. Mm. But um, one last time, um, tweet. If you want to play golf with me at the OU Club of Tulsa Scholarship Golf uh, Tournament on June 26th, 8 a.m. Shotgun Start, Monday, tweet a picture of you on a golf course at Travis Cole at KREF Sports. Get those in. I'll bookmark them. We'll draw tomorrow for Pierce, for Teddy, for Travis. This has been The Rush. Appreciate it. Go have a cold Pacifico.